Hey guys, and welcome back to the So Stignatious podcast, where the name is made up, but the people are real. Today I'm with an incredible man that I met through the Student Athlete Business Network here at Cal. His name is Isaac Sirwanga, and he was a three-sport athlete at Princeton, and upon graduation, he realized he didn't exactly know what he wanted to do. Through working at the admissions office at Princeton, Isaac figured out that he had a passion for connecting people and developed his own curriculum and wrote a book called How to Network in College. Since then, Isaac has given a TED Talk, started his own company called Inform and Inspire, and is a public speaker. I think we can all learn something from Isaac about how to find opportunities where your interests lie. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, so today I'm here with Isaac Serwanga. Um, I was first introduced to Isaac through a club I'm in here at Cal called uh, the Student Athlete Business Network, where we have uh, different professionals within different aspects of business come in and speak to us about various different subjects. Um, Isaac came in and he spoke to us about networking and challenged us all to... uh, write some LinkedIn articles and up our, our networking professional game, um, <laughs> to which I, I took a while to respond to, but I think I'm finally starting to get around to that. But um, how you doing, Isaac? I'm good, Jake. I'm good. And it's funny because the idea of you now having your own podcast is is almost like a dream come true for anybody who's, who's speaking to... Uh, people in your position saying, hey, go out, take action and, and build relationships. What's better to build a relationship than than a podcast? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, getting to dive into, I mean, so many diverse uh, backgrounds and, That's right. and figure out, you know, why people do what they do and why they love to do it. I mean, all here for that. And it just, like you said, just builds the relationship even further. Um, so, can you give the people just a little bit of background about who you are? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, name is Isaac Sirwanga. Uh, hometown is Sacramento, California. Um, uh, and I'll take it back since we're, we're, you know, the last thing I think of is the last time we saw each other, which was on Cal's campus. Um, and, you know, I had an older brother who actually went to Cal, who played, who played at Cal. Um, so just want to shout out the Golden Bears, always been a huge fan of the program. Um, but from Sacramento, California, went to Jesuit High School. Um, after that, went to Princeton University uh, on the East Coast, was a student athlete myself and um, football, basketball, track and field, kind of did it all there and, and really learned the value of being a part of um, incredible communities. I call them families. I don't even call them sports. Just three families that um, even to this day, I consider, you know, incredible friends, uh, family members. Um, but the reason why we're here and after after college, I definitely did have some questions around um, what I wanted to do. And and it kind of led me to my passion of of I would put it in a mixture of educating young people, of sharing my passion. Um, through public speaking uh, and writing as well. Um, so a couple of years after leaving Princeton, decided to uh, start my own company called Inform and Inspire. 
And essentially as a, as a motivational speaker and an educator, I get the opportunity to go to um, high school audiences, college audiences, and corporate audiences and, and teach really principles around networking, personal brand, branding, um, personal development, and also tell a bit of my story. And uh, hopefully we'll dive into it about how I got there. But I would say, you know, a mix of serendipity, a mix of tasting and seeing and finding what works for you and, and a little bit of luck and a lot of hard work and eventually putting it all together and, and realizing that I have a passion for connecting with, with people like yourself who, who are striving to do more, be more and become more. And, and uh, so that's what I've been doing for the last, man, three years now. Uh, and it's been an incredible entrepreneurial ride that I've enjoyed, man. And I, you know, how we connected, um, you know, a guy by the name of Bobby Thompson uh, on Cal's campus. I know who you know very well. Mm-hmm. Um, invited me out to 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 speak to you guys, and that was uh, you know right up my alley because um, the book that I wrote, How to Network in College, um, it was essentially a practical guide. It's it's a book that I wish I had when I was in college. Right? Um, how sure. do you build the the relationships um, that's going to help you pave the way for your future? Um, and so I've been able to kind of really uh, jump into that message and and pass that message along to individuals like yourself who've you know taken that that information and really ran with it. Yeah, and I remember when you came and spoke to us, I was taking all these notes on my phone because I didn't have a, a notebook with me or anything, <laughs> and I was I mean, it was exciting. I mean, I was I was listening to all this stuff about how I can better myself, which is something I'm for sure interested in doing and interested in having some successful uh, professional career in, I mean, who knows what yet, but uh, listening to you, it really like helped me see that even though it took me some time afterwards to, to really uh, figure it out. Um, I want to go back a little bit in your whole story before we get to what you're doing now. Um, you came from Sacramento all the way to Princeton, which is out on the East coast. Right. Um, as I mean, as a high school student, what kind of informed you to make that decision? And at the same Mm. time, how was that transition? It's a tough transition, right? Any, anytime you're going from high school to college, um, it's not easy. You got to grow up fast. Uh, for me, um, the opportunity to attend um, uh, an Ivy League institution that allowed me to compete athletically at a high level and and challenge myself academically was something that I looked at and really gravitated towards. Right, um, mm-hmm. being a being a Cali boy, though, um, I can tell you it was cold. <laughs> it was cold. New Jersey is cold, and it was a different type of uh, winter that we don't have. Uh, here on the West Coast, but um, it was an incredible opportunity to go out and really, um, now that I think about it, you know, that transition is a lot about finding yourself, right? Um, about being on your own two feet for the first time, right? I'm 3,000 miles away from from home, and, and Jake, I'm the youngest of seven, 
So seven siblings. So I'm a big family person. So the transition, of course, wasn't easy, but it was, um, you know, when I look back at it and reflect, it was so well worth it because you grow in so many ways. And I think when you go that far from home, you actually are forced to grow faster. So at first it's hard. You're going to, you're going to take some lumps, um, both in the classroom and on the field and, and all of those things. But um, overall, man, I wouldn't, I would, if I had the opportunity to make that decision again, I would do it 10 times out of 10. Yeah, I definitely understand what you're talking about when you're talking about having to grow up faster, further away from home. Cause I'm over here in Berkeley about 40 minutes away from home. And it really gave me some time to be able to go back and forth on the weekends. And it was like, it's never an easy transition to go That's from right. being a high school student to being That's right. especially a college athlete. But, you know, having that ability to to go back and forth to home when I needed to, I mean, I really cherish that. And I definitely think it made, you know, parts of the transition easier and gave me more time to kind of make that transition. A hundred percent. So we all know, or you and I know, and a lot of people out there know that being a student athlete, especially a collegiate athlete, you know, that takes a lot a lot of your time. And for you, you were doing three different sports, which takes up triple the amount of time. Right. Um, how, how were you able to sort of juggle that? And were you also able to find time for any sort of passions or hobbies outside of academics and sports? So to answer your first question, by the grace of God, man, by the grace of God, it was, as you know, being a dedicated student athlete um, simply means that your plate will be full at all times. Um, And the reason why we do it um, is because we enjoy it, right? We love it. Mm -hmm. We love to push ourselves and to see how much we can do. And also one of the things I've realized about myself personally is I love, I'm addicted to community. I'm addicted to competing and being a part of team. That's just how I've grown up and how I, how I see things affect my, my family. So I told you about my, my brother played it, you know, was a golden player, played football at Cal and my uh, other brother, his twin played football at UCLA and my sister played uh, soccer professionally. So I've come from a family that loved to compete, loved sports. Um, so when I got to Princeton and kind of knew what I had to deal with in terms of balancing academics and athletics, um, one, I kind of had a roadmap for it and seeing older siblings do it. But two, um, I think it's just knowing that it's going to be a challenge, but understanding that that is college, right? That's what you expect. Sure to kind of be on your toes at all times and, and grow along the way. Uh, to answer your second question, yes. Uh, even with playing sports, I think one of the great things that um, I can say Princeton does well is they really encourage their student athletes to be a part of the entire student body, right? And that means that you know when there are activities going on, when there are clubs, organizations, you're still pushed to be a part of those things because they want you to have a really a dynamic and fulfilling experience. Um, so while, you know, I'll be honest, sports took up a lot of my time. Um, 
you know, being a part of organizations like um, there was the uh, Black Student Union that we had on campus that I really enjoyed my time with. Um, and the athletic department had so many um, events where alum would come back. Um, something that we talk about a lot, right? About making sure that we're making those connections. So mm -hmm. there were many ways for us to kind of develop ourselves outside of being a student athlete, which, which I took advantage of. Yeah, I'm not sure if you heard about it, but recently um, we had a big donor give a large sum of money to help help further the student athlete development at Cal for all of athletics. Okay. Um, and I mean, I just hearing what you're talking about with the opportunities that were provided with you for with, with the Princeton alumni. I mean, just sounds like something along the same vein. And I mean, I'm excited to. You know, I'm only going to get a little bit of that because I don't have too much more time here, but I'm definitely excited for the resources to be here for student athletes because, I mean, you got to you you have to put in the work to, you know, go take advantage of your position and that's right and meet people. And that's right. I've been doing that a lot lately. And unfortunately, I don't think everybody does it and not because they don't want to. It's I don't think they necessarily know how to mm -hmm. um or or they don't feel like they have the resources to so i mean that's something we're really excited about here and i mean it should provide opportunities for a lot of people similar to the one you were just talking about um going going into the next subject kind of along the same vein you were this three this three sport athlete in college and you're spending most of your time right between these three sports, between academics, um, and then all of a sudden you graduate. Mm -hmm. What 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 was that like, and and what was the thought <laughs> process? It was it was it was a, it was a difficult transition. Um, it's funny. I had a um, I gave a TED talk a couple years back, um, and. One of the first, my opening line is because I, I'm thinking about it now because I've said it over and over so many times, but I vividly remember Tuesday, Jan what was it? June 13th. It was a Tuesday, um, June 4th, 2013, graduate from Princeton University. The next day, you know, there's this high of, oh my goodness, I've graduated. I did it. And the uh -huh. next day, unemployed no plan whatsoever about what's happening next. Um, and that was a matter of being involved, yes, on campus, but not being involved in strategically doing what I was supposed to do to set myself up for the future. And it was, uh, it was a shocking revelation almost for me that, man, um, no matter where you go, no matter how involved you are or what you're doing, um, it's really, really important for uh, individuals like yourself and your teammates um, and Cal undergraduates to make sure that they have a plan for their future. Because at the end of the day, it is on your shoulders. It is your responsibility alone. Um, and if you're not asking the right questions, if you're not building the right relationships, um, then you could be left uh, looking around and saying, what? 
what on earth just happened? That was a whirlwind. And now I'm in a new world and I haven't put the pieces together for my puzzle. So to answer your question, it was, you know, I had an incredibly exhilarating and incredible time at Princeton, but the transition for me was, wasn't the easiest, which kind of threw me into the work that I do today. How do you, I guess, how how would you, like, what would you, what advice would you give to someone who, who is a student athlete? But like I said, I just, I just recently started kind of going all in on trying to, uh, um, you know, build my networking skills and uh, figure out like what I might want to do professionally. And that's like just recently. And because the reasoning for me is I, you know, you get to college and you're a student athlete and there's so much on your plate. And my first thing was like, my whole first year is like, okay, I'm going to figure out academics. I'm going to make sure I stay afloat, get good grades, whatever. And when I figured that Mm -hmm. out, I was like, I'm going to get better on the field uh, so that I can put myself in a position to play. Um, And then once I did that, I'm looking around at a lot of my teammates, like this guy's been here, you know, a couple months less than me and already knows more people than me. What Mm. am I, you know, like, how do I advance myself socially? So it's like, right. I was slowly getting comfortable building all these things. And I didn't really feel that I was able to go out and focus on networking, professional development, um, until I sort of had all these things under control. That's so, right. and, and I've come from a background where I was well-prepared in high school to, to deal with, um, the rigors of a collegiate schedule. So what do you say to someone who isn't as well prepared and is kind of trying to find their way, like never really feels like they have a grip on everything they're doing um, while they're a student athlete, like a a firm grip? No, that's an incredible question. I think it's kind of the meat and bones of, of what we're getting at here, right? This idea of how do you network in college and how do you prepare for your future? So a couple things. Number one, Um, for an undergraduate who is trying to get things together, the number one thing that I would suggest for them to do is live on this word. And that word is reverse engineer, right? Reverse engineer where you're trying to go and figure out the steps that you need to take to get there, Mm -hmm. right? For me, in my experience as an undergraduate, I was social. I was able to build relationships, but there's a difference between building relationships and building relationships with a purpose, right? There's a difference between building social capital and using social capital to achieve a goal that is in your mind or in your heart, right? And Mm. what often happens with undergraduates is that no one at any time gives them the blueprint that says, hey, this is a maze. Like you have a lot on your plate, but at the end of the day, it is on your shoulders to figure out where it is you want to go and how we can help you get there. Institutions like Cal Berkeley or Princeton, any university in my estimation, like when I really think about it, any university has an incredible amount of resources, 
with the amount of resources that are on campus that are underutilized or not used at all. Uh, and you could tell me how many, if you, if you had to be honest <laughs> and you know your teammates or you know your friends well, sure. and you know you guys have guys like a Bobby Thompson or these guys who are so passionate about making sure that your next step is the best step. How many of your of your colleagues would you say, not colleagues, I'm sorry, but teammates, would you say are actively, scratch that, proactively going out to make sure that they are setting up appointments to make sure they are figuring out what internships they can apply for for the summer or what they want to do in their future? Not, not, not something that's already on the schedule. I mean that they're proactively doing it. Um, man, I, I want to say like five to 10 and that's out of, uh, you know, that's out of, uh, what do we have? Like hundred something like five kids on the team. So that's, I mean, it's, it's five to 10%, I guess, but that's like, it's not a, it's not enough. And I agree with you. And that's the kind of thing. I mean, I didn't really start using those resources until, you know, I kind of felt like I had some things figured out and hundred percent. I feel like I try to, whenever someone, whenever I'm having a conversation with my teammates and, um, I remember I was having a conversation with my teammates this off season a couple of months ago and I was like telling them about like, you're here, like, for, like you're here at Cal, you know, like take advantage of that. Cause when you're here, like, if you don't take advantage of it, it's going to be harder to do later on. But if you do, you're going to put yourself in a great spot when you graduate. And he, he kind of, right. he looked at me, he's like, I don't know how to do that. And mm-hmm. that's like, when I'm in situations like that, that's what I, I always say. I say, talk to Bobby and the amount of times, <laughs> right. Uh, that's right. The amount of times I like get the response to talk to Bobby. It's like, who is that? Like a lot of people don't even know who that is. And that's uh, for student athletes at Cal, um, for the people that are listening, Bobby Thompson is like the best resource for student athletes. He helps us with resumes, internships, um, career building opportunities, community service opportunities. He does, you know, everything he can for the student athletes here. Um, I mean, it's literally the man's job and he does a great job with it. And 100%. when I have to tell someone who that is, um, and Bobby's, and you know, he has all of our emails, he's sending emails. It's not like he's not putting himself out there. It's just right. like you have these secluded communities that don't necessarily want to want to break out of what everyone else is doing, or they don't know how to because they're so ingrained within the community. And here's here's the thing. Here's the thing, Jake. I think it's and and you know, I have I have, you know, I'm coming with this with these points from a point of I get it because I was a student athlete and I was one of those people too. Sure. Um but the 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 realization is if you give yourself the time Right. So you're talking about being able to balance all of these things at once. I'm a student athlete and I'm trying to make first string. I'm a I'm an you know, I'm a uh, in the classroom. I'm trying to make sure that, you know, I'm competing with the best of them. But there Mm -hmm. is this third factor 
which is literally the entire point of why you're there, which is right. we're trying to develop the entire person so that once you graduate from Cal Berkeley, you now can represent Cal Berkeley to the best of your ability, right? And the only way you do that is you tap into the incredible resources that are around you. So I have some some practical, I wanted to jump into some really practical stuff if I can, Jake. Of course. Um, so two things. So one, let's say there, there's the first question. I'm, I'm young. I don't know exactly what I want to do. How do I begin networking, right? Which is a, which is a big question for most people. A big statement is, how, where do I begin? And the first thing that I would say to an individual who says, where do I begin, is two things. Um, and I call it the networking tree. And what that means is you will literally sit down at a desk. Like if I was one-on-one with the student, was trying to figure out what was going on. You'd sit down at a desk and we'd have a a sheet called a networking tree. And on one side, we would pick out or find out what industries come to mind for you, right? What what aligns with your strengths, things that you're thinking about. Um, And on the other end, and this is the, the, the part that I love, is what are you naturally passionate about? Right. What Mm. is something that might not fit within a major or something you haven't really focused in on, but you have a passion for it. You have a strength for it. You might have not majored in it, but you're like, man, I love X, Y or Z, because oftentimes it can be in that arena where someone could literally create a career for themselves. I'll give you an example. I have a podcast and I was interviewing a good friend of mine um, and he went to UC Davis and I believe he majored in psychology, but he minored in theater. Right. And he was, I was like, why'd you minor in Mm -hmm. theater? He said, I always had something in me always wanted to do that, but I never could have taken it seriously because it's theater. Like my parents don't really um, think that's a path that makes sense. Long story short. um, He's now a comedian who just had a Netflix special. Wow. Um, and has literally taken off in his career as a comedian. And I asked him, where did that stem from? And he was like, man, it was my time at UC Davis um, in that what I minored in. In those classes, I felt so comfortable and I was able to really tap into my strengths. And I said, wow, because my my journey is the same thing. Like me speaking now, that was something that I would kind of do, but I never took a class on speaking. I never, it was just something that I was passionate about and I would do kind of on the side. And that became the thing that I'm doing now. So back to that networking tree, it's what is a career path that you can see yourself pursuing? And then what's a passion that you're just like, man, this, this fits me. I don't know how yet, but this fits me. And from there, as I call it, the networking tree, you go from your industry to potential companies that are within that industry, to then potential internships, potential departments that were, are within that company, just to give yourself an idea of how that um, you know, industry works. And then at the end of the networking tree, and you know this very well, is now mm-hmm. we go and we try to find Cal alumni who are doing the things that you are interested in. And that's the beginning of, that's the, that's where the good, that's where the magic happens. When we can reach out to individuals who, hey, I want to be in finance. I'm not really sure about it. 
can I find an individual who works at a JP Morgan, who graduated from Cal in the last decade, who might give me some insight about what they did, what internships they took, what classes they took, and how they really enjoy their time at JP Morgan. Like that's that's the idea of networking. And I found over the over my time working with college students like yourself is those conversations are eye openers. Those are the conversations that spark your get the get you really thinking of, hey, you know what? This is this is a route that I'd like to take. And from there, you know, great things can happen. Absolutely. Man, that's, yeah, that's really great stuff. Um, Before we get more into how you got, I mean, and if you're listening, you can tell Isaac is passionate about this stuff. He has a (laughs) knack for connecting people and talking about it um, and and meeting people that do interesting things. Um, But before we get... uh, more into how you started started to do this work. Um, back real quickly to the transition. Was there ever a point where you wanted to go pro in any of the three sports you were doing? Yes. Um, my brothers played, both played professionally. Um, so for a time, I, I had my eyes set on uh, attempting to, to, to make the, uh, the path in, in, the, in the NFL. Um, my sophomore, actually the end of my freshman year, I had a pretty bad injury, um, that, that kind of made me rethink those things. Uh, it's called a perilunate dislocation. So I was out for an entire year, my sophomore year. And, um, you know, as a wide receiver, I didn't have my, my entire left wrist. Um, but it's interesting as, as a student athlete, um, anyone who goes through an injury would know this well that time could be either your worst enemy or your best friend because you take the time to really figure out um, what it is that you're doing, what it is that you want to do. And you're able to really carve out some, some time to, to figure out what it is uh, the path that you're going. But to answer your question, absolutely. Um, Football was one of them. And, you know, potentially, you know, uh, I have a background, My, my family's from Uganda. So I always mm-hmm. had this idea that I was going to uh, jump. Uh, I was a jumper. So high jump for, for them potentially at an international level would be cool for me. But I, I kind of stuck to what I'm, I'm doing now. But to be honest with you, yes, there were, there were moments in time at, you know, as a competitive athlete where I did want to um, pursue athletics professionally. Was the injury the thing that made you stop thinking like that? Or was there like another moment where you just – didn't think you were going to be good enough and should shift focuses or, or well, what? that too, you, you gotta be, you gotta be really good to play at a professional level, but I would go back to the injury because it really made me, I had some conversations with, with family and it really gave me time to, to look at all the way through for me. I'm thinking, man, um, let's take the NFL, for example, you know, the average, lifespan of, 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 a, of a, you should know this. What's the average lifespan of a, of a professional athlete in the, in the league? I think it's about three years, maybe a little about bit under. Three, I think it's 2.5, three years. Yeah. And I'm like, man, so even if, you know, you do your thing and you, let's say you go four years, that's, that's 22 to 26. 
So you leave the NFL and you literally have your entire life in front of you. Yep. So there's still thoughts. There's still, even if that is the route for many people, um, the idea of making sure that you're planning for your, you know, post athletic life is incredibly important. But I do bring up the injury because um, it's almost like I had that epiphany that those thoughts started to change. Uh, once you have an entire year to sit out, you really start to look at um, what other strengths that you have. So talking um, more, you know, we already talked about um, your thought process, right? When you finished college, but yeah, uh, can you kind of inform about what you, you know, how you ended up finding a job and discovering that networking was the thing that you wanted to focus in on and make your whole career out of? hundred percent. So I graduate and a, a friend who was on the basketball team gave me a book and the book was called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. And the book was all about networking. It was Keith was telling his journey about how professional relationships and the ability to network helped him climb the corporate ladder, build really meaningful relationships and do some incredible things for him. So that was one of the first books that I took to heart and said, you know what, if this really works, then I should be able to apply uh, myself. And so I did. So for six months straight, um, I was just all about networking. I mean, attending conferences, I would literally be, I came home to Sacramento and would literally spark conversations at Starbucks. I would go to TED conferences. I would, you know, I, I was reaching out to probably close to 30, 40, maybe 50 um, alumni and, and professionals uh, weekly um, in terms of emails and just trying to get an understanding of um, what people were doing, how they were doing it, and how that can work for me. And that culminated in me kind of um, really realizing that it works. So um, receive a job offer from the NCAA, JP Morgan, Princeton University, and a marketing firm in New York um, for wow. completely separate fields. And I tell people those stories purely because it was all because of networking. Every single one of those jobs was because of me planting a seed, having conversations over several months. And by the time I went in for the NCA position, for example, I think they had 650 applicants and they chose me. And I, you know, I, you like to think you're great, but I honestly believe that the building relationships and having those conversations 100% a hundred percent warmed the situation and the environment up for me and just gave me that, that edge that you need. And once that happened for me, it's weird. I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person who once something good happens for me, I want to figure out the why so that I could share that information. So my whole goal when I figured that out was, Hey, I'm going to go back to Princeton. I'm going to work in the athletic department. I'm going to start a mentoring group. And the name of the mentoring group was Profound Ivy. And it was essentially about 60 
um, student athletes and we would meet every Sunday, every other Sunday for about anywhere from an hour to two hours. And I put together a, a networking curriculum about literally how I was doing what I did. So I was telling these guys, hey, this is how you do the networking tree. If you're interested in this, this is how you need to set up the calls. This is what an informational interview looks like, sounds like. This is the template that you need to use. This is how you jump on LinkedIn and make sure that you're leaving thoughtful commentary um, and making sure that you're credible because credibility plus visibility will equal your opportunity. And I was putting all of these things together and all the while, while we were helping those individuals, right, the, the young guys who were like, man, this is good stuff. Uh, in fact, 90% of the group um, were landing their internships or their dream jobs by the, by the summertime. Like it was awesome. literally working. And uh, that sparked an interest in me. And I said, you know what? I might be able to put this information together, put it in a book, and teach more people. Because I know if there's student athletes here at Princeton who need this, I'm sure there are student athletes across the country who might need this as well. And that was my thought process. That was my journey um, in terms of turning a passion into a business, um, which was uh, serendipitous, but also at the same time, it was it was it was just timely, right? It was something that. I think it was needed. It came from personal experience, um, and it gave me the opportunity to to meet um, really, really amazing, dynamic student athletes across the country, like yourself, who would go on to start podcasts and do incredible things. So, uh, I'm I'm glad I took that route. Well, I appreciate that. Um, so, was there ever a moment prior to you? Uh teaching this curriculum to these student athletes that you really thought you were going to be an author? The, the author thing just came when, honestly, it came out of necessity. Yeah. I, it wasn't a, I'm going to become a best-selling author. It was, I have information that I've used now that I've seen other people use for two years straight. Now I feel that I have the base to really put this out. Like I, I feel a necessity. It's on me to share this information because it's practical and it's useful. Um, so it wasn't ever like, man, I have a dream of becoming an author. It was more so, man, if I could really pay attention to my own experiences, and this is one thing that I will say, um, hopefully this is maybe a nugget for someone. If you're struggling, right? If you're going through a particular hard time in college, whatever it may be, pay attention to why you're struggling and if there are groups of people struggling because that might be an opportunity for you, right? If it's one person who's often struggling by themselves, eh, right, eh, it's just one person, you got to figure it out. But if there are, you know, one of the things... Uh, that I took advantage of, of being in a football locker room and then a track locker room and then the basketball locker room is I would hear the same conversation pieces over and over again. Man, I want to get into finance, but I don't know how to make the right connections. Man, I'm thinking about grad school. I know we have a couple of, but I don't know how to make 
the connection. I'm awkward with these conversations, right? And you're hearing this over and over again. And I'm thinking, man, this is really, this is, this is something like we got to fix this. So if you're going through something right now as a student athlete, if you're having a hard time academically or socially, pay attention if it's a pattern. And if it's a pattern, there might be a seed for you to really hop on. Like, just like, you know, I just want to say this, like, by you starting this podcast is incredible. It's literally, it's, it's, it's so forward thinking. I know we talked about this before, but it's so forward thinking. And I think it's something that more students should do because you can use your social capital. Like as a student athlete, people are watching you, you every Saturday, man, every Saturday, I've been to a Cal football game. There's nothing like it, man. And you have an audience, there's things to do there. And to be able to create your own podcast where now you can leverage that um, for yourself, for others, uh, is incredible. So if there's a problem somewhere, if there's something there, uh, usually there's an opportunity as well. Yeah, again, thank you. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful to have you on here and to have met you because I think I mean, it really started to get me thinking in this way and and probably ultimately laid some groundwork for this thing ever uh, coming into existence. Um, so you you wrote your book and were teaching student athletes from the perspective of a former student athlete. Do you think that networking is, does it change for, you know, students in college who aren't athletes and do you talk about that at all yes so i think truthfully i believe networking is the most powerful useful practical skill set for literally any person in any industry i think every single industry every single industry will tell you that the relationships that they build or the lack thereof will, you know, absolutely impact their work. Um, to answer your question, student athletes versus non-student athletes, I don't think there's much of a difference. I do think there's one thing that's particularly special about student athletes, and that is you have eyes. You have incredible social capital, right? You don't have to do much for people to know who you are. That makes mm-hmm. sense? Yep. And for students just on campus, it might be more difficult to get that type of attention. So if you are a student athlete who does have that type of attention, my only push is take advantage of it while it lasts because it does not last forever. Right? And if what, you are... Go ahead. What if, you're, go ahead. what if you are, you know... A, a non-athlete, just part of the, the general student body, how do you make up for that um, where the student athletes would have an advantage? So the advantage as a student athlete is a social capital, but everybody has every everybody has different strengths. So for example, if you're not a student athlete, you are you more than likely have more time, right, mm-hmm. to build these relationships. Um, and one of the things, if you were a student, um, that I would suggest is filling that extracurricular card up, 
right? So while football, basketball, track, uh, and you name it, athletes are in their sport, that's your opportunity in those time slots. Can you go and be more active in clubs, in organizations um, that will allow you to build that social capital that you might have missed out on as being a student athlete? So every different group has a little bit of a, a characteristic where, okay, the strength is here, the weakness is there, but it's just about what you do with it. So if you're not a student athlete, be incredibly active on campus, right? Do a little bit more than normal and push yourself outside of your social comfort zone so that you can build the relationships that can help you in the long run. Because this networking thing is literally a lifelong, it's a lifelong game. Absolutely. And um, as I told you last time we spoke, I've been working an internship this summer and like you get in these professional spheres and you see like, it's, that's really, you know, like all the deals that are being made are based on relationships that people have with other people. And it seems like the more of these relationships you have and that you build, um, the more things you can get done that you want to get done. Um, so we've established that, you know, you're all about networking. Your career is based on networking. You've done a lot of work in that sphere. Yeah. How else after the book did you grow, um, your career to, to focus on networking? Great question. Um, and the truth is as an entrepreneur, especially in the speaking arena, Um, what I've come to learn is that you grow as you go, right? So Mm -hmm. you do base your experiences and your expertise off of what you've done. Um, But at the same time, the more exposure that you get, um, you know, good things can happen. Um, My focus has been networking, but one of the cool things, for example, for me as a speaker that has popped up is um, a little bit of virality with a couple of videos that I've put out. Um, I think one of, you know, I had one video called what makes you come alive. And it's a motivational video where, you know, I'm just kind of telling my story. And I think it hit over a million views to the day to this day at uh, on YouTube, um, which was awesome. Right. And that type of exposure, um, has literally grown my business in a way where now I'm doing events purely on motivation. Sometimes it's on personal branding. Sometimes it's on networking. Um, and if I, I'd be lying to you, if I told you that this was how it was going to map out, but I'd also be lying to you if I didn't if I said that I wasn't having a blast, um, of being an entrepreneur and literally growing the brand in that way. Um, but specifically inform and inspire is, you know, we do workshops and, and keynotes, um, on the topics of networking, personal branding and motivation, um, you know, for example, in uh, in September, coming up in September, um, I'll be keynoting at a, a, what's called the Emerge Summit here in Sacramento, which is um, known as the largest young professionals uh, event on the West Coast, which is incredibly exciting for me um, to, to speak to about 700 of my colleagues and uh, in, in talk about, you know, what motivation means to them and also the power of building relationships. Um, but if I were to tell you when I graduated or a couple of years out that, 
you know, I'll be keynoting in front of 700 people and, <laughs> and, and doing this. Um, I, I couldn't have predicted that. Um, but what I will say is when you are passionate about something, when you pursue it with every fiber of your being, uh, when you believe in your message wholeheartedly, um, it just seems like good things happen. Um, and, and that's one thing that I do stand by. Some, some things can be planned, uh, just like networking. Some things can be planned and then some things just, you know, happen for you. And you have to just say, man, it's, it's a mixture of hard work, uh, luck, and the opportunity came. So it's been a blast. And I just, you know, I, I, I characterize it as the typical entrepreneurial journey. Man, I'm really happy for you and to, to hear all that and to hear that things are going so well. That's incredible. Um, and I got, I've got one more question for you before we head into the final three questions. So sure. Um, looking back, what's the one thing you're back in college with what you know now, what are you doing differently? Mm. Well, that's a great question. You know what? I am, I keep it simple. Um, I'm taking that networking tree sheet and I am figuring out who I am and building my relationships accordingly. I'll answer it like this. There's four, when I think about it with networking in college, there's four corners of campus, four corners of campus that you should plug into when you're thinking about building relationships. Number one is your peer group, right? And that's making sure that you are actually developing relationships with classmates and teammates. Oftentimes people will walk by, people in their dorm will walk by, people in their class, and they've seen them several times, Mm -hmm. but they've never said hello or had lunch. And it's one of the most bizarre things. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, where in college you could see people know people, but you've never just said, hey, my name is Jake. It's, I just wanted to say hello. Sure. Uh, and that's one thing that um, I think just being young, it's just one of those things that you have to grow into. But that's something that I would do with more, I think, more purpose is being sure of, of meeting Princeton alum for yourself, meeting Cal undergrads, excuse me, while on campus. The second corner of campus is the faculty of really finding ways to build relationships with doesn't have to be every professor, but a handful of professors. Uh, Because what I found over time is they are people that have seen a lot. They've seen students come and go. They know about opportunities. And there are so many students who don't build relationships that if you're one of the few that actually go above and beyond to build relationships, you can change everything for you. For example, that'd be a student athlete who says, hey, professor, uh, I know you already know, but I just wanted to personally invite you to our game this Saturday. It's a home game versus Oregon. I just wanted to make sure that I know you already knew, but I just wanted to personally let you know my parents will be there. Just if you want to sit with them, please let me know. Something as simple as that can Mm -hmm. literally change everything for you um and building relationships with faculty is is huge the third aspect is alumni we talked about this 
Um, you can go on LinkedIn and there are so many resources where you can find Cal alumni who are doing the thing that you want to do, who are literally a phone call email away. Hey, I would just, you know, I'd love to spend 10 or 15 minutes asking you a couple of questions about what it is that you do and how you enjoyed your time at Cal. Um, a couple of those emails, even every month, could be the very difference in um, what you choose to do after college. And the last one, so we went peer group, faculty, alumni. The last one and the most important is building a relationship with yourself. Mm. And what I mean by that is asking the difficult questions about what do you want? Who are you? What are your strengths? Like, what do you actually see for yourself? Are you walking in someone else's shoes thinking that you're pursuing something that's not really yours? Because that often happens. And, and many times people don't realize that until years later. So asking the tough, real questions of who am I and what actually do I want to do with my life? Very difficult question, but they're the important questions that, that I think are vital. Because once you can't, you can't network with anyone else authentically if you don't know yourself well. So asking those important questions are, are critical. So if I were to do it all over again, I'd make sure that I was touching those four bases of connecting with peers, connecting with faculty, connecting with alum, and re reconnecting with myself. Those are really great points to take in and things that, you know, I still have time to work on while I'm here. So I'm going <laughs> to right. go ahead and take all that in. Um, so now we're going to hop into the final three. So first off, what's one thing you've read, watched, or listened to lately um, that you think the audience might have an interest in checking out? Um, that's a great question. Uh, let's see. Um, I thought that uh, Brene Brown's TEDx talk. Um, I might be getting the, I think it's dare to dare to lead. She talks about vulnerability. Um, it came from a TED talk that she did some years back and it turned into a Netflix special. Um, and I love her presentation style as a speaker. I love watching um, great, real, authentic speakers. Um, so that's something that I think you know, you guys have, you guys don't have a lot of time, so you might not want to check the whole Netflix special, but if you want to check out the, the TED, the TED talk of, of Brene Brown, I think that'd be great. I'll check it out. Um, yep. who or what was your biggest inspiration to finding out what you were passionate in and what was the biggest inspiration, uh, to act upon it? Hmm. Great question. Who or what was the greatest inspiration? I would say You know, there's a, there's a speaker um, by the name of Les Brown. He's a motivational speaker, and he is phenomenal. And one of the, when the first time I heard him, um, I remember hearing him, and I said, man, I want to do that. 
uh, his presence and his ability to ask very difficult questions and allow people to really, really dive deep um, into some of the most difficult topics um, really inspired me to to pursue this idea of of speaking professionally. So I would give it to Les Brown. All right. And uh, lastly, uh, what right now is your current goal? My goal is to get, as cliche as it sounds, uh, my goal is to continue to develop my craft, um, to develop as a speaker. Um, secondly, you know what I will, I will mention, I am in the process of turning How to Network in College, the book, into an online curriculum. Um, which is is something exciting for me. As you know, you know, you want to put out information that will allow uh, people to get it anywhere, right? So some people read books, some people listen to podcasts, some people, you know, it depends on where you are. That's why as Inform and Inspire, I try to be very active Inform and Inspire on Instagram, very active Inform and Inspire podcast. Uh, But now turning How to Network in College into an online curriculum is something I'm really excited about project that I'm working on should be um, finished before the summer ends. Um, so just another way to, to reach college students and make sure that they have, um, you know, the tools to succeed. Man, that sounds great. Um, well, I want to thank you for hopping on with me today. And, um, you know, I really appreciated this conversation and Every time I talk to you, I seem to learn a lot and always find out more things I can be doing that I'm not doing. And um, I hope to everybody listening, uh, you heard something that could maybe help you either figure out something, a career aligned with what you're interested in, or just figure out a way to take the first step. But um, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I mean, thank you for being on this podcast and I look forward to our next conversation. I love it. Jake, thanks so much for having me, man. Go Bears as always. Go Bears. I'm, hope, I'm hoping I can check a game out this, this year. So I know the summer is, uh, is big time. So I hope you're working. Oh, you know it. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. I love talking to Isaac because it inspires me to think that I can be successful in doing something that I love. Whether you're around my age, younger, or older, I think Isaac's networking tips can really add value to anybody. So guys, please leave a rating or review and subscribe to support the show. And as always, stay stignatious.